have not made one single endorsement. It was starting to get too much, and so. It's a good intro, guys. Just to <laughs> intro done. Okay. Anyways, hi guys. Welcome to another YP Talks. I'm Kafka. I'm Zahra. So in today's episode, we have a very special guest. A lot of us may know her as a founder of a baking shop based in Jakarta that is basically loved by many people around here. Some of you may know her or even are besties with her, but maybe some of you may be new to her, maybe new to this episode as well. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road. He is... Chaya Savina. Hi, Chaya. Welcome to YP Talks. Good Thank you here. for having me. Okay. So according to our reliable resources, uh, or like sources and research, uh, yeah, you, you, you may call it anything. We've done else. some research about you. Just so we're playing here. Yeah. So start the show. Could you, bre- could you give us like a little brief explanation of what Wabi Sabi Cookies is? Like what's your business? Uh-huh. Uh, what do you sell? So uh, Wabi Sabi Cookies is a business that I started almost two years ago during the start of the pandemic and so around like may 2020 i would say and pretty self-explanatory we sell cookies <laughs> right now uh, we have five flavors which is chocolate chip uh, peanut butter cookies and cream lotus biscoff and um, s'mores and we donate 15 percent of our proceeds to different causes every month um that's been like a value that we instill very strongly into our core values. And also, we try our best to make the, you know, the experience for our customers as intimate and warm as possible, as, you know, we don't want it, we don't want our cookies to feel like it is mass produced. And it's, you know, like, we want it to still be personal, like, you know, getting cookies from your grandma, and like, home, you know, homemade cookies from your kitchen. Like, that's kind of the um, sort of vibe that we're going for. Yeah, especially like if you um, if you look at your the Wabi Sabi Instagram, it gives us like a very like homemade and uh-huh. a bit of like a nostalgic vibe to it. I don't know like what it is about it, but um, I like translate that really well. And I think that's like one of the reasons why Wabi Sabi is like so well known and like so loved by many is because of like that whole aesthetic. And that's what I find really unique about it oh thank you that's so sweet that's exactly what we're going for so i'm so glad that exactly. you know that's the message got delivered <laughs> what does wabi sabi mean why did you choose the name wabi sabi and how did you come up with mm. that so um wabi sabi is actually a japanese philosophy it applies more for furniture actually but basically the whole concept means um finding beauty and imperfection this this phrase was always in my on my mind throughout my life because and and i think that it you know it makes sense that i name my cookie business wabi sabi because for me it's been the one constant beautiful thing in my life despite the roller coaster that i've experienced you know obviously you know with the pandemic and with being a teenager your you know your life is filled with obstacles and you you know you're experiencing the highs and lows of life and to me i've you know, I find that these cookies was always there for me, you know. Uh, it's been th- with me through high school. It's been with me after high school. And it's, you know, I want it to be that same sort of, I don't know, like that same constant good thing in everyone's life. And so I named it Wabi Sabi because beauty and imperfection, as in like these cookies, are the constant good thing in the imperfection that is life if that makes sense. Again, with like going back to wanting our cookies to 
sort of exude the you know homey warm feel it you know it, it goes back it goes back to the philosophy of wabi-sabi because then you know despite the imperfection that is life you always have this warm happy thing that you can come back to that's always here for you and that's always you know you know like you can just order it and it's there um so yeah that's kind of why i chose wabi-sabi. if you go to the um, wabi-sabi instagram account we have a highlight called our story and i wrote a little sort of like short story you know like connecting my experience back to the philosophy and why we named wabi-sabi wabi-sabi so if you guys or the audience later on are, uh, are interested to find out more on why then you can check that out Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you started it during the pandemic and it started off as like something that you gave to your friends, right? I remember yeah. to a lot of your friends and and then you turned it into this business yeah. that probably yeah, wasn't yeah. like the first kind of direction that you wanted to take in the first place, yeah. So Chaya, um, have you been like, have you been having fears or like, have you been afraid at the beginning when, before you started Wabi Sabi, like, you know, those overthinkings that occur where like, man, if I, if I start my own business, what's going to happen? Am I, uh, is, are people going to love it? Am I going to be a yeah. public enemy number one or something? <laughs> I've never really had the intention to make a business you know, at the start because um, basically a little bit of a history uh, for Wabi Sabi. I was, I've always I've always I've I've always been baking cookies and I've always sold them, but offline at school, um, because I was part of the student council. And so whenever we needed fun, uh, we need, we hosted fundraisers for like school events or um, for different causes that the student council wants to donate to. Usually, most of the time, I, it'll be my cookies. So um, the I don't know the recognition for the cookies was built was initially built around the school community and it's always been you know my love language to just send my friends um, cookies with like a handwritten note like that's just like how I sort of showed my affection for my friends and so when the pandemic started um, for some reason I started getting these requests from my friends and from uh, members of my school that they wanted my cookies like they didn't want to buy my cookies by the way like they just wanted me to send them cookies <laughs> and so at first I was like I all right free cookies for everyone I was like oh my god like this is a business opportunity and I guess there were there was feelings of you know fear at the start because I didn't take business management we're all IB students here right yeah yeah so um I yeah, so, so I was like, oh my God, I want to start a business, but I literally have no knowledge of it. And so I could only rely on like the basics that I learned back in middle school. And I was like, okay, whatever, let me just get this started, right? Um, and so how I started was I started posting it on my personal Instagram story. And um, I guess the fear kind of you know, it died down after that, just from hearing the positive feedback from the people around me, even though they were my friends and they could, you know, they could have easily been, you know, faking it for me because they're my friends. But it was just, you know, it was it was a nice thing to hear. And so I was like, OK, I don't need this business to be big. I just want to make people happy by sending them these cookies, you know, my form of affection. The fear was there, I guess, but it wasn't I wouldn't say it was 
pretty significant. I think it was just like kind of necessary almost just so that I, you know, I, I know what I'm signing up for with starting this new business. Yeah. So how did you like navigate your way through, for example, like finding a team on like making the cookies and also managing the social media mm. and the marketing? Like, did you handle all of it or um, did you handle it? Were you kind of like a, and like business terms is called a sole, sole entrepreneur? Where you kind of mm. are in charge of like all the divisions, or did you, um, as like the time, as like the months went by, you finally developed your own team? Initially, I was running everything from marketing to production to, you know, finances. I like the only help I got was um, just like me asking for criticism and advice from my parents. Oh, But yeah. even though it was only like you know. Um, me asking them questions when it's necessary it was pretty you know it was pretty hard uh, you know during the start because I didn't have an oven I didn't have a big oven like I only had a mini oven and I could only cook six cookies at once and so if I were for example to sell 150 cookies a week and I was dividing 150 by Saturday and Sunday and I had to make 75 cookies each day I had to wake up at like 4 a.m and bake till four from four to like 11 packaging everything and sending out everything so that during the weekend I can still have a life oh <laughs> and so like but then for some reason it sounds really exhausting when I say it but I think when you're just starting out and you're so excited it like it kind of like you're in a state of flow if you like yeah. if you guys have ever heard of that like it, it wasn't really as exhausting as it as it might as it might um sound and you can definitely feel it growing you know so it's like oh my god like i'm you know what people are actually liking what i'm selling you know and it's like it was very i don't know it was validating i guess that's what we're to describe it in october or november i can't remember it was starting to get too much and so i was finally able to hire an employee So right now I have one employee with me helping me with production, but I'm still handling administration and marketing and, um, you know, finances and whatnot. But we're just a team of two, you know. But yeah, I guess we started as a sole entrepreneur. Uh, recently, we had a rebranding, right? The people I worked with for our graphics aren't necessarily directly part of our team, as in like, I'm not, I don't give them like a monthly salary. But they're more like um, a team that I, that I met who are extremely talented that, you know, I I, I hire them per uh, design. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm hiring a design team who, who aren't necessarily, you know, just my employees. Like, and they can work for any other company. It's kind of like freelancing, but instead yeah. it's not like for the company, it's just for the project. If you see the Instagram and the recent graphics, like kudos to them i also recognized how i think in the pandemic that was when a lot of people started making their own organization started mm -hmm. making their own businesses but i do feel that there are a few people that are still afraid to step out of their comfort zone and establish like their own um organization or business and so do you have like any advice for people that really want us to, to like already has like a burning passion of or that be baking making jewelry or just starting a business but they they're still afraid to take that leap yeah. um, because of like the pressure on social media and everything 
Also, like, first of all, I think it's, you know, it's a very great thing. I think we have so much time now ever since the pandemic. And so a lot of us are making use of it and creating new things out of it, which is a great thing. And I'm I'm really happy to see it. But then I also, like, like you said, I also know a bunch of people who are scared to start or who have started, but, you know, it wasn't, a susta- it wasn't sustainable. And, you know, it, like they stopped it just after like a month or something. Um, and I would say that the first thing to do is you have to surround yourself with supportive people. I think um, that was, I was kind of lucky that I was supported by, so you know, like the, all the people around me. And so I, you know, I knew that whatever decision I was going to take, they were going to sort of be there for me and not, you know, and if people criticize me, it's going to come from people who aren't, aren't within my circle. And that really helped for me. But other than that, you know, I think a lot of people spend too much time overthinking it and like thinking about the consequences and what might go wrong. And, you know, with Wabi Sabi, I just like, I started it without literally, like, I didn't, like, I literally didn't spend any time overthinking any of the consequences. Like I just did it. And I think that's kind of, you know, that's just kind of the advice that I would give people, like just to just go for it, you know, like take that step. If you have any worries, you'll, you can figure it out when it comes, you know. It's interesting because I've been, I I talk with my friends who, you know, take business, whether in, you know, high school or university, and they tell me that people who take business, oftentimes, they're the ones that, you know, aren't starting out just because they know so much about the consequences, and they know so much about the risks. And so, like, I guess because I didn't take business, I was like, I was blind. <laughs> I don't know what might go wrong, so I'm just starting it. But, you know, that's, that, that sort of attitude can be applied whatever subject you take. So just take that step and surround yourself with people who support you. And maybe talking about business, something that we learned in business management especially is unique selling, unique selling point or basically a characteristic that makes your business stand out against like the competitors so what would you consider to be uh, Wabi Sabi's unique selling point and how how did you manage to differentiate Wabi Sabi because I feel like in Jakarta like the food culture here is so big and like there's just so many baking shops there's so many restaurants like if you if you go to Sanwapati or pick like there's just restaurants already right well we Actually, we gained 3,000, more than 3,000 within that first year. And then it's just been growing, like, like not as rap- rapid, but it's, like, still, you know, uphill. Um, and so, like, yeah, so now we have 4,000 followers. Um, but about our unique selling point, I, I think three main aspects came up inside my head um, just now. And the first one, I would say, is um, we are very, you know, socially and environmentally aware uh, business because and we when we are very transparent about that with our followers um and so this would i guess this would only work for you know people who genuinely care about like if they're contributing to the world's issues or not which is actually a pretty big amount um especially for like gen z and millennials um because, you know, like I said before, we donate 15% of our proceeds to different causes every month and our packaging are completely plastic free. And it's, you know, 
biodegradable. So that's kind of like, even with our growth and even with the rebranding, I, it was very, you know, these issues are very near and dear to my heart. And it was very important that we do not lose these values um, due to our growth or wanting to, you know, make more money or whatever. Um, so that's the first one. The second one um, would be our price. I wouldn't like our price compared to um, many other, you know, I guess more established businesses are pretty, are a lot, are a lot more cheaper, I would say. Um, for like six cookies, we don't, for example, for six cookies, we sell them for 45,000. Meanwhile, a lot of uh, businesses average, like in, on average, would sell one cookie for around 10,000 rupiah. Price is one of them. Um, so that's two. And the last one, which is the most important one in my opinion, is that I put a lot of effort into establishing a personality for the brand. Going back to, you know, wanting to set off a homey, warm vibe. Other than that, like we had, I, you know, I had to decide on like, how are we going to talk? Like, how are we going to talk to our customers? Like, what kind of personality will it be in the kinds of um, language that we use for our story and the kinds of posts and the kinds of, I don't know, like, because, um, for example, like, in order to appeal to the youth, I guess, we're very, we very often, you know, like, highlight songs or we highlight um, movie clips like we just did recently. Um, and we make it, it's very important to us that we are intimate and close to our customers. So every time anyone orders, we ask them for criticism. And even some customers until now has become my friends just because like I talk to them through the account very often. And like now we know each other to a personal level. And that's like something that you don't get from big mass production mass production companies right and as to how we uh you know grew so rapidly during the first year i would say that that was thanks to like our marketing uh strategy which mostly relied on to be honest like endorsements and uh celebrities and um uh what else yeah oh and like instagram ads uh and giveaways that's kind of like our what we do most often um, and going on from that, like to people who want to start a new business, I would say that you should make use of the connections that you know, because until now I have not paid one single endorsement, which is like very uncommon in um, businesses nowadays. But if you play your cards right, and you and if you you know start with like your closest friends who have you know who are influencers or whatnot. And then more and more, and, other, and then other influencers would find out about it and then would be curious to try it too, you know. When we haven't started endorsements, we relied on uh, word of mouth, like you said. So we like, we sent free samples to uh, our friends and they, and then like, they just posted it on their Instagram without like us even asking them to. And then like people, people trust that more actually. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God honest review <laughs> yeah i'll take the first step would be connections and actually having a good product because yeah, because of like definitely. how good quality your products are then naturally people would want to share it to like their followers yeah. and recommend yeah. everyone and i was one of your customers too <laughs> i remember <buying laughs> yeah oh, that, 
Thank you so much. Man. I remember going in the pandemic. And yeah, that's like one of like the points I wanted to bring up, which is the, I think the fact that because the aesthetic is so homey and because you started in the pandemic, I think like that really fit the vibe of like trying to, yeah, like the meaning of Wabi Sabi, um, enjoying homemade and delicious cookies during like a really frustrating time, which is the pandemic. And I think that like really tied well and that's probably like one of the reasons why it became a successful business. So basically, and bottom line is basically um, because of the well-interpreted CSR or like the the social uh, the oh yeah the social responsibility that uh, Wabi Sabi establishes in their business, the corporate social responsibility, and then because of the strong uh, uh, strong customer loyalty that it established. Yeah. Uh, Although uh, it's established on purpose or not on purpose, I mean on purpose because of uh, cor- in a corporate point of view or a non-corporate point of view, still it's a it's a good way to establish really strong uh, loyalty to the customers. And lastly, it's be- it's because of how Chaya, as the founder and basically the operator of almost everything of uh, Wabi Sabi, able to play the cards correctly. So yes, voila, a very a very good. Uh, a very good business which is Wabi Sabi yeah and I wanted to actually ask a question too because I feel like this is a topic that we also discuss a lot in class which is how to become both an environmentally sustainable and profitable business because I feel like misalkan kayak sorry for example um, I remember uh, the packaging was like made out of cassava plastic is that correct and i remember like searching about it and it's not that um it's not that inexpensive to purchase so how did you manage to stay profitable but also maintaining that image of being environmentally sustainable and like donating 10 percent was that was that the 10 percent honestly we don't even have an actual number now we just (laughs) donate like what's needed how did you um, manage Well, I think that actually we have an advantage because, uh, you know, the decision to be environmentally sustainable was made during the start in comparison to like we're already a, an established business and we're trying to make the switch in the middle, you know, because then uh, when I was trying to make our financial plans and we're, I'm counting out. I'm counting the budget and everything. I could already incorporate, you know, these eco-friendly packaging into that. And so now I know like the expenses for my products, right? Um, so it wasn't really a challenging thing, I would say. It was just like an additional, you know, cost uh, when I was trying to, you know, decide on how much I was going to sell these cookies um, for. And, you know, it like it's really not as expensive as people would think. Um, because, like, for example, like, we're still selling it for a pretty reasonable price, I would say. So it's really, it's tr- it's not impossible. All I did was, you know, I just added it to the initial expenses, the initial costs, and made the, I decided on the price based off of how much it was, how much it cost. Since we were talking about, like, the funding and the budget and yeah. expenses and basically uh, money talks, you know. Money. Um, so... One question that uh, we want to ask is, how did you raise yeah. money as your starting capital? To be honest, I relied on my allowance. Uh, it really didn't start 
it didn't require me too much money to start because I was only selling less than 150 per week at that time. And that was kind of like, that didn't even, that only took like probably 20 or 20 to 40% of my allowance. And so it was very like doable. Um, but then again, I was also selling cookies, which aren't necessarily the most expensive things to make. Basically what I did is just like, I, I started selling the amount of cookies that I can afford to make. And then as I gained profit, it grew over time. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't seek for, um, you know, help from anyone. However, though, I would say that uh, after a while, I needed to like buy a new oven and buy a new mixer, like a big, like you know, a big commercial oven and mixer. Uh, and I, you know, since I stopped getting allowance. Uh, after like I can't remember which month parents saved up my allowance and then like that became that and like how I purchased these ovens and um, mixers take what you will from that but that's basically kind of you know like the the initial funding that I needed so do you have like your own wabi-sabi kitchen in like your house now or is it still like the same kitchen that you use right now our kitchen is still like literally right there uh, yeah it's it's like it's still in my house however and i you know please pray for us it'll go, go smoothly we're going to be moving to a new external kitchen uh, by february we need to sort out the like logistics and then hopefully by february we'll be we'll we'll move out because like it's it's pretty you know like we can't use our kitchen every day now like we only have sundays where we can actually cook because <laughs> it's like used for making cookies every other day. Knowing where you are right now, like in this position, uh, already very pretty, uh, decent, no, actually re- very well known to the community of uh, the F&B industry in Jakarta, uh, in oh. South Jakarta. <laughs> <laughs> um, and having 4,000 4, followers, and hopefully it'll just keep on going upwards. Is there anything that you would have done differently when you were first starting out Wabi Sabi? Nothing significant that I can think of right now. Probably like just to be neater and more disciplined in terms of like, you know, like it's really hard, you know, because I'm at home and it's like, it's not an office environment. And so, like, it's very hard to sometimes, like, have this much free time and not, dedic- and, like, having to dedicate it to work. Uh, and so, like, honestly, what I would do is I would, I would just be more disciplined and to plan ahead more, especially because I'm leaving to uni, uh, I think, end of the year, hopefully, if the borders are, are still open. Um, and, like, I think if I spent more time planning ahead on, like, um, how that how to make sure it run, it keeps on running as, when I leave, it would be a smoother transition to like an autonomous uh, system for our for Wabi Sabi. I was just about to ask you about the transition because um, like what we talked yeah. about before, because of the pandemic, it just grew so fast. So was that tra- transition to growing into the business? that it is now like was it a smooth one or were there like a few obstacles and like things that you had to adapt definitely definitely a few obstacles I think I don't know like now that we have like I have an employee that I have to you know I have to pay her salary and like uh sort of having to make an 
a like a more legit marketing plan and uh, and to you know have i guess bigger finances to deal with i have to be a lot more thorough and um that was kind of you know one of those one out of you know the few obstacles i had to had to deal with like for example um during the training of of my employee there was a period where like i i lost like 150 cookies during the teaching period uh we put the wrong ingredients in and like 150 a loss of 150 cookies is you know a pretty big loss and so like we have these little uh, we have these little you know obstacles every now and then but nothing too nothing too bad like, it's kind of like just the learning process and it's bound to happen you know it's better now than later because i think that's like one of like one of the reasons why a lot of people are scared to like get out of their comfort zones because like the most common fear is like the fear of failure and yeah 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 one it's like if like if you experience like you experiencing problems and obstacles is the only way for you to grow and i think that's one of like the reasons why like, you're able to grow this business successfully is because you've been through like a lot of these obstacles that are necessary for every entrepreneur to face. I I guess I was also kind of lucky that I'm I was still, you know, how old was I? I think I was 16 when I started. Even though I started a business, my main priority was still school, you know. It was like there was kind of no pressure for me to make money. To be frank, if it fails, I was still going to be fine. It was kind of like a challenge I I placed upon myself. It was not really it wasn't something I had to rely on to survive, right? Which is why I encourage, you know, as many people my age as possible to just start now because we have nothing holding us back. And if it fails, it's the best time to fail. If like it's better to fail now than later when you have kids or when you have debts and you have to pay mortgage and whatever right going back to the fir- like the first few questions you asked me about the fear of failure it wasn't really there cuz there were space for failure and there was space for me to learn from that failure and to start again and to try something new so um i got really lucky that well bisabu is still going on until now but even during the start when i was just starting out i knew that if it failed i was going to be fine and so that's like kind of a good reminder i guess for for everyone that's watching this it's like just like to take that first step because if you fail better fail now so that there's more space for you to try other other things being young in general yeah. is the best time for you to try new things because you don't have like any accountability like you're still yeah. living under your parents' roof if exactly, exactly if it fails then you can always jump into like an, another project and yeah like that's like what i what i got from your story and i think that's that's really good for our listener my parents always insulted me that like despite having this sort of responsibility to run this business your education is still your number one priority so back when i started and like you know i had ib exams and what not i was fine with you know like not running this business for a few weeks just so i could study and so i could finish my ia you're not going to have that sort of um freedom later on right maybe on to more, to the more positive side about your running your company in wabisabi what have you enjoyed most about starting your own company were there any moments where you're like well i i want to continue this until the rest of my life possibly like hmm. what made you um want to keep going um i think i'm just i don't know i think there was a moment probably like last year where i was just like 
I never actually, I never really took a moment to kind of see what's in front of me and like see what how it has grown. Honestly, the most positive thing I could say is just that I'm really, really grateful for how it has turned out and how it has grown and also how all of the lessons has taught me because it's like it has taught me so much and people aren't you know people aren't joking when they say like experience is your best teacher because despite my initial worries that I didn't know anything about business I think I know a lot more now just because I forced myself to you know run one <laughs> and um, that's a very positive thing I think I think a human being is happiest when they know that they're growing and definitely running this business made me feel like I was growing immensely because I was learning so many things I didn't know and other than that I'm very also very grateful for um, our customers and the people I've met from uh, Wabi Sabi and also the people I you know I'm working with like my employee there's a lot there's a lot of things that I can that I can be grateful for positives um, overpower the negatives for sure and so it's like it's worth it and definitely I want to keep you know continuing uh, Wabi Sabi until forever like until until I can no longer I can no longer uh, run it because um, I don't see a reason why I don't see a reason why I should stop it as of now so I, I read a like tweet or a thread somewhere about like you know, like the most important thing sometimes is not to be better than other companies, but it's to persist and and stay while other businesses fall. And like being in an being in a in an industry where like almost everyone's selling cookies, like cookies aren't very like it's not a very unique uh, product, right? Like there's a lot of like I'll, there's a lot of cookie businesses out there, but I think that if Wabi Sabi lasts for a long time, that builds our credibility. Um, as a high quality cookie like manufacturer and so that's kind of the end, end point that I have in mind like I just want this to be like a an established thing you know so talking about it being established you're gonna go to university soon so do you have like any future plans are you gonna continue running it when you're in university like in another country Hopefully, hopefully. I think um, that's the plan right now. That's why I took a gap year to set up the systems for it to still run um, as I'm abroad. The plan is that I would probably need another employee and like, you know, so that production is sorted out um, back here. But I'll probably still be uh, uh, working on the marketing a lot back in uni. But then like, Right now, what I need is like, I need to make sure that it could still run without me. And so the plan is like by March or so, it should be like, I it shouldn't rely on me anymore. And I think it's like, I need it because I, I really want it to be passive income so that when I'm in uni, I could still get, you know, like I could still make my own allowance, I guess, in a sense. So yeah, just, just pray for me. I'm like trying to figure it out, but we don't know yet. So you're basically like an entrepreneur and... <laughs> A youth entrepreneur, um, so to speak. So, um, what what characteristics do you think defines as like a good entrepreneur? And because there are a lot of young entrepreneurs now and aspiring ones, even what can you what what can they do to begin to shape up this personality and to become yeah. an entrepreneur like you? Well, one of the traits I think a good entrepreneur should have 
um, is that they need to love their product. Well, at least to me, I think I really respect people who sell products that they know they would buy. And that's kind of like how I am with Wabi Sabi. It's like I would never sell a cookie that I wouldn't be obsessed with. And so like uh, we go through a very strict, you know, like in order for me to for us to decide whether we're selling something or not, like it takes a, you know, a months of like development just for it to reach the state that it is now. Right. Um, the second one is that very important, actually, especially now where like the world is changing so rapidly. A good entrepreneur should be adaptable. The world is constantly changing and um, the way the F&B industry changes, especially. And so being able to monitor those changes and have, being able to adapt your businesses based on these changes are important. It is important is an important trait to have. And, well, another trade that I really respect in an entrepreneur is like entrepreneurs who aren't doing it solely for the money, like who have a bigger purpose to their businesses. And I think it's also important to have a bigger purpose if you want to have a, a sustainable company because, you know, like you can only go so much with like money, you know, like, it, like I think that, you know, it should, your business should also be a spiritual practice in a sense. It's like, it has to have a bigger purpose. And I really respect companies who have these, you know, different values because then like I admire them for what they're trying to, you know, deliver to their customers. Since you yourself have already basically earned the appropriate title of being an entrepreneur, considering that you mm -hmm. are doing that, you know, Wabi Sabi, uh, establishing and rolling and with thousands of followers. The bur the last burning question that we have is how oh. you find success as an entrepreneur. Oh my God. How long did it take you to eventually find success? Big you question. Point, <laughs> do you feel like you're already at the point where you can consider yourself successful or do you still crave for that more of your success? Success is definitely not, you know, tied in one, one you know, one goal I, I would say like it wouldn't be like 